Hello friends and welcome to episode number 155 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's me, Patrick, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, uh, remember at the start of September when all hope felt like it was lost? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got some news for you, buddy. As of this exact moment in time, Sunday, September the 12th, 2021, the Toronto Blue Jays are tied with Boston for the wild card spot. Um, That's a sentence I did not think that you would say about two weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know what to say except the Jays are 11 and one in September, uh, and after a critical week that saw them play eight games in seven days, they won seven of them. Yeah, and only lost one, and it was against the Orioles. That four-game sweep of the New York Yankees was probably the turning point of the season for us, even though by the end of it, we were still half a game back of the Yankees. This is crazy, man. I don't even know what to say anymore. Before we get into baseball talk, though, how was your weekend? Uh, the weekend was good. Yeah, went and uh, did my civic duty and voted yesterday in the uh, advance polls for the Canadian election, so... I don't have to go on election day and stand in line with a bunch of coughing people. Um, <laughs> I nice. guess I could still do the advanced polls. I'm yeah, not going runs, to, though. I need time tomorrow. to think. Yeah, it runs until I need tomorrow, time to think. think. But uh, the... it was nice. The library that we had to vote at was mask required, so nobody could raise Ooh. a stink. So. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. I love this idea of actually... You know what? I am going to vote the advanced polls, my guy. Yeah, go I'm going to do it. You can go tomorrow. I certainly can. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sure time are. for me, so uh, I'm definitely going to go do that then. Yeah, I encourage people to do that. I, it was My girlfriend and I were in and out in three minutes, and we went to Dairy Queen on our way home and got large blizzards. It was oh, great. Yeah. Night. yeah. That's a fucking monster <laughs> amount of ice cream, my guy. I love that. Uh, I ate mine in about two and a half minutes. Oh, holy I don't know. Shit. I, I eat fast. I, don't, I, I start eating, and it's like my jaw just unhinges. <laughs> I don't know. I, I people always like people Kirby. always tell me like, "Why wow, you eat quick?" I'm like, "Well, I just I just eat like I." Why enjoy it when you can? It's it's for sustenance, not for enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're on we're on this little kick here talking about that stuff, I I will say two things. First thing is, regardless of what your political affiliations are, because we don't really give a shit here at no. Flips and Maple Dips. We're on opposite ends um, of our political views, and we're still friends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So get out there. Actually, we're not even that far. We're not no, that far. We're not, it's no, we're not. We vote for different parties, but I feel like we're both middle-leaning individuals. Yeah, well, it it's well-balanced is what I would say. Well-balanced well -balanced is all things should be. But regardless, I digress on that. The point I want to make is that you should do your civic duty and go out and vote, regardless yes, of what your affiliation you is. Your vote does matter. Even though our system is broken in Canada. And Even if you vote for the Communist Party of Canada, your vote still counts. Um, it does. Indeed, they have to count it. And indeed, do it does matter in the yeah. long term. So get out there and cast your vote in this federal election and uh, have fun doing it. Elections are supposed to be fun. Get Dairy Queen on your way home. Yeah. Exactly. Make it, uh, make it, a, make it a date night because we went for a nice little walk to the library. It's like two kilometers from our house. And then we went nice. to Dairy Queen on our way back. And yeah, and we stopped at Safeway to pick up an onion. 
because um, we were making a pierogi casserole last night. Oh, oh nice. That's nice. And it was uh, it was delightful. Let me read you some stats. Yeah. Because this is – I'm going to barf some stats at you. These, this, cool. is, this is a big deal for me. Okay, so you know that I bought a Fitbit back in June. I did. Uh, yesterday, I shattered all my records for like a single day. Uh, I took a snap of or like a picture of what my stats were. They ended up being a little bit higher, but I did 114 zone minutes of walking. That means that my means. heart rate. My heart rate was in the fat burning zone or whatever you want to say. Oh yeah. So even though it was cardio exercise, it wasn't considered like intense cardio. But I walked nine miles. Yesterday. Let me ask you this, Patrick Marsh. As a fan of Pokemon, do you play Pokemon Go? Not anymore. It's kind Not of boring. Anymore. Yeah, I, I still do it, and it's like it's what kind of motivates me to walk because I don't I don't have like a Fitbit or a tracker or anything. But yeah, um, I I consistently walk like twenty five to thirty two ish kilometers in a week. Yeah, and that's mostly like lunchtime walks. <laughs> that's good during that's the week. Some good shit. I'm very lazy on weekends because yeah, that's... I had a bad week where I ate a lot of garbage yeah. and I ate a lot of garbage this weekend too, but. I did nine miles yesterday, and I keep saying nine miles, even though I don't give a shit about the metric system. I don't know how to switch over my thing, <laughs> thingy. So what does that work out to? Well, let's, nine do, miles. let's do some math here. Nine miles, two kilometers, and I'm just going to Google this. It is going to be 14.5 kilometers approximately. Fuck yeah, that was that's one good, day. That's a good, uh, that's a good amount, my friend. Um, 30 floors. Uh, I think my end of day total was very close to 20,000 steps. Uh, I was really proud of it. I posted on Facebook. It was kind of cool. And that was my weekend. You didn't really ask me uh, well, what my weekend was. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was I was going to also cut you off when you said that you ate a lot of trash this week and say, speaking of trash, we just played the Baltimore Orioles, but <laughs> I restrained myself. Yes. Uh, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> we, will get, we will get there. And the other thing that I did this weekend uh, while I was eating trash was I tried the spicy McNuggets. Yep. Um, six out of ten. I wouldn't order Ooh, them ever again. That's unfortunate. I was. Uh, They're spicy. If you like spicy food, like if you want your nuggets to be spicy without having dipping sauce, it'll do it for you. But honestly, they forgot my barbecue sauce. Oh man, that's a. I was pissed. I had to use at-home barbecue sauce, which is never as good. That's real boot in the nuggets right there. Pro- probably because it has less sugar, but. <laughs> Whatever. Also, I ordered a McFlurry for both Sarah and I, and it didn't. It just didn't show up. So yeah, the machine I, is probably broken. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How I paid for it, and then I got a refund in Skip the Dishes credit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever. I'm going for a nice long walk when we're done this. Well, hey, yeah, you don't have to be... go for as long of a walk because you didn't get the McFlurry. That's really. Yeah. I'll probably still do. I'll probably still do like an hour and a half of walking, and then whatever I net, it'll probably end up being like eight kilometers. Like, yeah, that's uh when when Taryn and I were walking home last night after our blizzard, I was like, "Whoa, we just negated this walk and future walks for this week by eating that blizzard." Yeah. <laughs> Who cares though? Like you only uh, live once. Yeah, and I mean, um, apparently you, know, you take I'm, like. What is it like? Thirty-eight minutes off of your life every time you eat a hot dog or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. Joy, if that were the case, Chestnut man. I'd already dead, be dead. Like, yeah, Joey Chestnut would... died a hundred years ago. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that guy's crazy. the best, anyway. Uh, and if where... you like stuff that's the best, yeah. Where can people uh, find us? Can... <laughs> yeah, they can find us on Twitter at BFND Podcast. 
we bring the funny. We like to retweet our guys at Sportsnet. Uh, love these cool like mean things that keep popping up, like the Robbie Ray's pants. Yeah, that that account is greatness. I I just I just I don't know Jay's Twitter when we don't have to like look at like the you know uh, you know twelve follow Andy's on there who, are, who <laughs> just have nothing to contribute. Just ignore that. But there are a lot of really funny motherfuckers on Blue Jays Twitter. We're one of them. Shout out to No Context Blue Jays, by the way. That's a great. Yes. Well. <laughs> that's my favorite current. Currently, that's my favorite novelty account. I don't yeah. even know if I follow them or not, but when they do pop up, that, <laughs> it makes me laugh 100% of the time. Yeah. Uh, check us out on all the usual podcast thingies. What do you call them? Platforms, Channels? providers. Providers, Distribu- yeah. Distributors. Distributors. So make them sound like drug dealers. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Cast. Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Shout out to our fans uh, in Regina. Hey, Regina. Yay! Didn't they lose again? The Riders did lose, yeah. They, uh, in Tony Fajardo got knocked out in the banjo a, bowl. The big hit, and they had to play a backup quarterback, and it didn't go well. Are you, are you concerned at this point about... Um your riders now that they're three and two and yes the are yes and, and no the riders are absolutely riddled with injuries as a lot of teams are in the cfl this year the in, it's kind of like how the baseball season started this year where everybody was just getting hurt on every team everybody got hurt yeah. guys guys didn't play at all last year so i think just this return to competitiveness you, you can train all you want for as a professional athlete but there's no replacement for like game action and actual like how does the playoffs work hit. In the CFL, remind the me. CFL like how, what, how is, many teams make the playoffs? Uh, six in total. The division okay. winners get a bye into the respective Eastern and Western finals. Right, okay. The second place team in each division hosts the semifinal game. And then the third place team, um, there can be a crossover. So let's just say it usually happens this way where there are four teams in the West with very yeah. good records and only two teams in the East with decent records. So the fourth-place team in the West would cross over to the Eastern semifinal and play the second-place team there. Um, okay. So you could technically have two teams from the same division in the Grey Cup, and it has happened not a lot. Typically, the first-place team in the East will usually come out and play the first, te- first or the, the team out of the West, whether it's first or not. But, yeah, okay. so six teams make it out of nine with the division winners and the second-place teams being guaranteed a home playoff game. So there, there's probably a good chance the Riders will, like, there's the Lions there's and the Elks. There's still, still a like, reasonably whatever. good chance, yeah. The Bombers are the best team in the league by far. They, they're they the Grey Cup favorites for a reason. They won last year in 2019 for a reason. They have a very good team, so, yeah. Shout out to the Riders. Let's go. I guess riders. I'm on board since I don't have a team. And the Alouettes <laughs> are whatever now, and the Red Blacks are whatever. Like, there's I have no connection to these teams at all really yeah um, none, like none of them i used to love the alouettes when they had anthony calvillo but that was like so long ago i, just I, don't I have loved to hate anthony calvillo he was so good for so long so that was just like you did not want to play against him but anyway that's that's football we we're not a football podcast shout out sometimes. shout out to the the riders and uh hopefully we get our atlantic schooners or whatever the fuck we're gonna call them <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with that, but hey, yeah. it's baseball time. 
let's do a standings update, Justin. Oh, baby, let's do that. Um, there's been some developments since the Blue Jays game finished today. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Tampa Bay, Houston, and Chicago are still leading the respective American League divisions. But Patrick Marsh, hey, hey, Freddie, your Toronto Blue Jays are now at 80 wins and 63 losses, which puts them in a tie with Boston. But because Boston has played two more games than the Blue Jays, your Blue Jays are currently the wild card one team. And if the season ended today, would host a home playoff game. But of course, they still have to play the rest of the baseball games and everyone plays 162. So we're not quite there yet. Um, the Yankees, Patrick Marsh, they are currently sitting a half game behind Boston and Toronto. So if the Yankees win the game that they're currently playing, we won't give any score updates because that will just date the podcast very quickly if they end up winning. They play the Mets tonight. They haven't actually started yet. Um, there could be a three-way fun time tie for that wild card spot in the American League, which is absolutely insane. It is crazy. It's crazy to think that two and a half weeks ago we were ready to, you know, bury this team yeah. in dirt. Six feet of dirt. The I'd Jays say were from behind August twelfth to Seattle. <laughs> the thirty first. It was just like Yeah, it was a it was just fire. shitty baseball. Yep. Uh, during that time until the end of August, uh, the team lost one, two, three, four, five. Eight, nine, ten, eleven games, and only won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they went seven and eleven uh, in eighteen games, and then we were piling dirt on ourselves. It was just, it was just ugly. Obviously, we weren't going to catch Tampa at that point, but we were just losing ground repeatedly to the Yankees and the Red Sox, losing some games actually to the Red Sox. Uh, not too far away from that. Although we did take three or four from them in mid-August or early August. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. The only loss we had was the uh, two-to-one game in eight innings. The extra innings. That was the doubleheader. Yep. Fuck, we could have swept them. That would have given have us have the though. advantage. 11-1 <laughs> and one in September, Patrick Marsh. Um, Unbelievable. On sweep pace, Oakland. Sweep that's... New York. There, they had a, the Orioles. Yeah, they had a graphic up at towards the end of the broadcast today that showed the, kind of the best Septembers in Blue Jays history. This team is currently like over a 900 winning percentage, and the best was like 1988. I think they finished like 789 or something in September. They still missed the playoffs that year, but um, yeah. the Jays are on pace to have the best September in franchise history in a year where they really needed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> frankly, frankly speaking. <laughs> looking, if you if we look at the standings right now, Oakland are two and a half back. Seattle's two and a half back. Yeah. Um, they are both in have, action as we speak, too. They're both in action right now. So they technically, they have a game in hand on uh, the Jays. However, the closest they can get to them is two games back. Yeah. Are you ready to throw dirt on them? Or we got to wait? Let's wait. Maybe no, we got to wait. Next week. That we got to wait. The Jays have to play three games against Tampa Bay coming up here, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But not that's ideal. always daunting. But uh, yeah, well, we're not going to throw dirt on any of these teams yet because two weeks ago we were below those teams. Exactly. And anything could happen. Yeah, it's what well, we can baseball. say though. The Yankees won ever... thirteen games in a row, Patrick Marsh, and then they lost like eight in a row or four in a row. To yeah, they've or something. imploded. They lost a bunch. 
<laughs> but uh, after Seattle, the next closest team are the Angels, who are nine and a half back of Boston for that yeah. second wild card spot. There's there's five teams uh, alive. So they're yeah. So that's our cutoff, and they're two games under five hundred as well. Yeah, so like they're toast. They're toast. This is it. These are the five horses left in the race. There's only two spots. Should be uh, fine. Going to be a bloodbath. It's very exciting for the Jays to be playing meaningful baseball in September. Yeah. Um. Even if we rolled out 500 the rest of the way, how many games is that? 17. 17 we, left. Yeah. Let's say we go nine and eight. That gets us to 89 wins. That might actually do it if you look at the records of the other teams. Yeah. Boston's struggling right now. Five and five in their last ten. The Yankees are three and seven in their last ten. Oakland are four and six in their last ten. Seattle still somehow defying all metrics <laughs> seven and three in their last 10 but like i said they're two and a half back yeah you gotta you think be... toronto has the inside track right yeah now. you could you can you can probably go nine and eight as long as three out of those nine wins are against the yankees yeah but um but, but that so... means sweeping them yeah it does because there's only three left against the yankees yeah that's exactly what i'm saying yeah i see <laughs> i see i see yeah but anyway um it's fun time to look at standings more more so than it was two weeks ago but let's look at some let's look at some some tweets from the last like 24 hours because if you've watched any games you'll know that things have been absolutely bananas this weekend against baltimore uh the jays lost six to three on on friday there were two three home run two, two three run home runs allowed to the orioles and that was the difference in that one um there was some funny business between robbie ray and brandon Hyde, the manager of the orioles in that one patrick um <laughs> I think it was, was it the third inning? I can't remember if it was the second or the third inning. Um, and and some, Robbie Ray started looking into the dugout after some pitches. And then all of a sudden you just hear some chirping coming out. And there was uh, some hot mics <laughs> uh, in Oriel in, uh, Park that were picking up a lot of the words that Mr. Hyde was saying. And they were not friendly for viewers under the age of 18. Yep. Um, there were some some f bombs. There were not a good look. There was not a good look. He he apologized after the game, and Robbie Ray, to his credit, the the line was the best. He said that he had no time for anybody who doesn't get into the box themselves. So um, that's kind of rough. I don't know. <laughs> I like pitchers it. don't get into the box. Are you gonna get like no? But I mean, like no he's he's chirping at him, and it's like you guys. I the get guys it. Got, like no business chirping me. Like kind of thing. I get, I get, I agree, yeah. and I think most people. I don't think there was anybody on, on the, the uh, on the Hyde side of things when the <laughs> dust settled. No, uh, because not even Hyde was, and he apologized. Yeah. And yeah. at that point, to me, I was like, "This is done." He knows he was being an asshole, so just let it. Like, I figured, like, just let it be. But there is a John Boy. Yeah, show it to John Boy. <laughs> there is a John Boy clip. Uh, which it's kind of funny. Uh, and what do you think about the stuff that was bouncing around uh, Twitter after that game about, I don't know, what, would it be sign stealing or pitch tipping? It seemed I don't like know. it was tipping. It'd be interesting, to, it's interesting because Robbie Ray's had two starts at Oriole Park this season, Patrick, and in both of those starts, he's only lasted four and a third. And they had both yeah. like very similar outcomes. I think the Jays Doo-doo. actually did come back to win that. I mean, they maybe they lost both of them. I can't even remember. But like they were both not great, and it seemed like the Orioles were just sitting on his fastball and laying off every every good slider. Um, but yeah, whether whether it's pitch tipping or 
sign stealing, we, we can't really comment regardless of the fact that Jays lost that game. But as we'll talk about, they won the series and in dramatic fashion in two of the games. Um, Saturday, there was a doubleheader, Patrick Marsh, and it wasn't looking great, <laughs> to say the very least. Um, the the Orioles were up, and they were up pretty big. They were up 10-5 to 5 in the bottom of the fourth, at which point the Twitter account, at Talkin' Yanks, tweeted out a screen cap <laughs> of the game score, and it said, Blue Jays have decided that they don't want to make the playoffs after all. Your move at Yankees. And then, as you could say, the uh, the tides turned. <laughs> and the Blue Jays came screaming back, as they've done many times. And with two outs in the top half of the seventh, hobbled George Springer comes to the plate. And what does he do, Patrick Marsh? He hits a two-run home run to give the Blue Jays an 11-10 to 10 lead. Um, yeah. Of course he did. Ben Wagner's call, by the way, was absolutely tremendous on that home run. If you haven't heard it yet, go find that on Twitter. Yeah, um, can we just shout out to Ben Wagner? Shout out to Ben Wagner. Yeah, he's been the, great. The whole, the whole like rate, like losing the radio uh, broadcast and then having it come back, and it's like I, I don't want to criticize Buck and Tabby because I think what they bring something very different to the proceedings. Yeah. But Ben Wagner, holy God, that like the radio is. Just something, it's still special. He's very passionate about the games, and that comes through big time in his calls. And it's uh, definitely appreciated to have that radio broadcast back. And coincidence or not, Patrick, but since the radio broadcast came back, the Blue Jays have been playing good baseball. Also, it's probably because they've got to play in Toronto again, but I'm going to draw a red thread line between those two things. It, the there's something to be board. said though about not being on the road anymore. <laughs> they were on the road for yeah. like 160 something fucking games in a row. Yeah, nearly two years. Um, but yeah, that was game one of the doubleheader, and then Keegan Aiken, he of the seven plus ERA, was no hitting the Toronto Blue Jays in game two. Patrick threw six innings. <laughs> and reminder: these games are only seven innings. In yeah. the top half of the seventh, uh, the Orioles were up one to nothing. By the way, the only run in the game was a Cedric Mullins uh, solo shot off of Thomas Hatch, who started the game. And it was actually decent. He had to leave the game with a little bit of a hamstring tightness, so hopefully he's all right. Um, Nate Pearson threw two innings of of scoreless relief. Uh, they were not easy innings, but he was able to escape a bases loaded jam in the uh, bottom half of the sixth. So shout out to Nate for having a, a probably his best outing as a big leaguer in terms of battling through it. In the top half of the seventh, with Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, and Teoscar Hernandez due up, you thought the Blue Jays had a chance, right? Like, they had to have a chance. They always have a chance. Always have a chance. And what do they do, Patrick? Well, Vladdy hits a uh, rocket of a single to right field to break the no-hitter. Uh, and then your boy Bo Bichette, he of the magnificent flow, hits a two-run home run, because of course he did, uh, to give the Blue Jays the lead 2-1. to one. The Blue Jays proceeded, <laughs> this is where it gets great, to score 11 runs in the inning. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, uh, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Yeah, it, it was going. just, it was literally like, it was single, home run, single, home run, single, single, sacrifice, fly, home run. Like, it was just, yeah, there was four home runs in the inning. 
uh, from Vladdy, um, from Kirk, from uh, Teoscar, and I believe from Alejandro Kirk as well. It's just unbelievable. Like yeah. that's it, like baseball, the, the random things that happen to go from being no hit to scoring 11 runs in a single inning. <laughs> you, you start to think that, hey, maybe Baltimore is good at this baseball thing. Yeah. And then they just, I feel bad for the starter having a no hitter going into this into the final inning has a chance to get an unofficial or official whatever the fuck no hitter mm-hmm. uh and then it the game just fucking splinters apart can't blame him for it really because he had no run support i mean if they were up five to five to nothing maybe they bring out their closer and it's a different situation yeah but they didn't <laughs> do that and instead uh, Bobuchet hits that big bomb, and you know, we're yeah, the, just, uh... I'm, I'm actually at the point where I'm starting to get sick of seeing the home run jacket. It's not exciting anymore because we see it like five times a game. <laughs> it's a bit much. Yeah the the uh, the games <laughs> yesterday sparked some some pretty fun tweets. The Toronto Raptors got into it. They tweeted out, "My goodness at Blue Jays." Um, Isaac at IB underscore tweeting tweeted out the Blue Jays in the seventh inning tonight. And it was a picture of the gamer guy who sits back in his chair and then leans forward, <laughs> unlock <laughs> yeah. intense mode. Um, Dan Shulman, who is not calling this series, is Buck and Pat. He said this team is never ever dull. ESPN stats in both games of their doubleheader today, the Blue Jays hit a go ahead homer while trailing in the seventh inning. They are the first team in MLB history to hit a go ahead home run while trailing in their final scheduled inning of both games with doubleheader, which is pretty cool. That's a weird stat. Weird stat. It's, just a, it's a weird stat. Very weird stat. Um, and then today's game happened, Patrick, and the Blue Jays left nothing to chance in this one. Uh, it looked like a, <laughs> on, the, on the first NFL Sunday of the year, the Jays decided to put up a football score and score 22 runs on 19 hits to win 22-7. to Um they did still give seven runs. Some of them were Stephen Matt. Some of them were our boy Trent Thornton, but and Julian Merriweather. But uh, I'm sorry, Julian Merriweather didn't give any runs. My bad. Julian Merriweather was scoreless today. Good for him. But yeah, they won 22 to seven. Um, some more tweets. <laughs> At SN Faisal Kamisa, shout out to Faisal. 20, 44 runs in 24 hours for the Blue Jays. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, outstanding. Someone tweeted out the Looney Tunes baseball, the batters just doing the conga line around the bases. Yeah. Um, Mike Petrello tweets out: If the Blue Jays really wanted to boost Fly Junior's MVP case, they'd let him pitch today. <laughs> oh no! MLB random stats. Uh, Jeremy Frank. This guy's one of the great follows on Twitter for just random stats. Uh, the Blue Jays' twenty-seven runs are the most in a four-inning span of the live ball era since nineteen twenty. The previous record was uh, 25 runs by the uh, 07 Rangers and the 1922 Cubs. So, I remember that 07. I, I remember when that happened. Yeah, and it was I think it was also sick. against Baltimore even. I can't remember. Probably. Um, and then MLB tweets out the official account. The Blue Jays have scored 44 runs, of course, in the last 24 hours. Um, <laughs> Guriel Jr. Uh, with seven RBIs, including his fourth Grand Slam of the season, which is a new Blue Jay record. No Blue Jay had ever hit that many. He before. also had a two-run ding-dang doodle. Also uh, had two-run ding-dang doodle in the, in the game. How about Danny Jansen and, with four hits today? 
three Gurriel doubles. also had an RBI walk today, too. So he had yeah. <laughs> RBIs in three different plate appearances. Yeah, Denny Jansen had three doubles and a single today. Um, he had four runs batted in. Yeah. Danny Jansen. Remember when we were like, oh, Danny Jansen hitting 0-4-5? Well, guess what, motherfuckers? He's hitting two twenty one now. <laughs> and he like three fifty in his last 30, so. Yeah, he's, he's been uh, terrific. He's, a, he's a above 100 WRC plus now in the season, so he's a, a league average bat at worst. Um, yeah, love to see it, especially a guy like Danny Jansen who was beloved by his teammates. Yep. Very frustrating to have who, who's supposed to be your starting catcher a guy who worked very closely with Fungin Ryu mm-hmm. uh, last year. And there's something to be said about Danny not being around for a huge chunk of the season and the impact that had on Ryu. I don't know that it excuses the home runs uh, uptick that we've seen this year. And we'll talk about it some other time, criticizing Ryu about what his decline. Um, now's not the time to do it. Just a crazy, crazy weekend of baseball. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Shy Davidi. <laughs> uh, great tweet from Shy here. At this point, all the Orioles are doing is running up the Blue Jays offseason arbitration tab because we've <laughs> got to pay Tyoscar and, and Vladdy especially. Um, Jared Carabas, who is a Red Sox fan, he tweets out, it sounds crazy to say, but I don't think the Rays, who have the best record in the AL, want any part of the Blue Jays who have been in fourth place for almost the entire season in a best-of-five series. And we'll find out what the Rays are going to do against the Blue Jays uh, in three games starting tomorrow, and also three games next week. So there'll be six games against the Rays over the next uh, nine for the Blue Jays, I believe, if my math is right. Yes. Um, and then Ben Mickelson-Smith, a nice little tidbit from him here. Just one other player in American League history has hit 44-plus home runs at age 22 or younger. That was Joe DiMaggio in 19... Uh, 37 when he hit 46 home runs so vladdy has a chance to break that record too he will he yeah will he's got, he needs three more um vladdy is now tied with shohei otani for the league lead and he's i think about five rbi behind jose abreu in the triple crown and vladdy yes, also sir. leads uh in batting average too so he's he's first in batting average tied in home runs and five behind in rbis uh worth noting that teoscar hernandez won over 100 rbis uh Today, Patrick yep. Marsh, and we're going to put the spotlight on him right now. He's up to 102 runs yeah. batted in on season, which is absolutely bananas. Bonkers. Because wasn't he hurt for a well, minute? He had, he had COVID at the beginning of the season, remember? Yeah, he and that really weeks slowed down April. his productivity. <laughs> the one thing I, I know, like, we're going to dump some stats on you. The one thing I really want to highlight is his his the uptick in his batting average. Remember yeah. last year, we were like, this is the real Teoscar Hernandez. He's hitting, he's terrific at the plate. He's very focused, dialed in. 301 average this year, 353 yep. OBP. What can you really say about this guy that hasn't already been said by us ad nauseum as mm-hmm. far as statistical performances? Let's talk those advanced statistics, Justin. Hit me. Yeah, so we were looking at his baseball savant page. Again, I'm going to shut them at every chance I get because StatCast data is best data. Um, Tyoscar ranks among the top producers in average exit velocity, maximum exit velocity, hard hit percentage, expected weighted on base average, expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, 
and barrel percentage. He's also in the 85th percentile for sprint speed, Patrick. Wow. And uh, is in a positive standing when it comes to outs above average and outfielder jump. So um, even defensively, Teoscar has improved, I would say, quite a bit. Um, he's still going to strike out. Doesn't take a huge amount of walks. He's going to chase and he'll swing and miss every now and then. But obviously he's making tremendous contact to hit 301. And you got to love the spray chart too. We're looking at it right now on our screens and... Yes, the majority of his home runs go to left field, but we've also seen some oppo bombs. We see the majority of his doubles clustered in the right center field gap area. This guy is using the whole field. And like you said, Patrick, we, we talked about it all last year if it was the real Teoscar, and he's currently hitting 41 points above his career average of 260. And I do believe that, that you're right when it's fair to say that this this is who he is now. He has found it. <laughs> Whatever approach, uh, the adjustments that he made during the 2020 offseason, and then the delay uh, for starting it, mm -hmm. ever since he's, we've come back to baseball uh, in the 60 games last year and the 100-something uh, games he's played so far this year, he's, he's, it's like a different – he's a different guy. The patience, yep. the – uh, the poise, the confidence, the power, uh, the pitch selection, everything is is just so much better. And even though his home run uh, percentage or whatever you want to say is down a tiny bit from last year, uh, probably because it's a longer season, yeah. he still has 102 runs batted in, yeah. 27 home runs. And that's after like a weekend of just absolutely mercilessly pummeling the Baltimore Orioles. He's hitting 301, which is a testament to how good he's been this year, especially when at the beginning of the season he had to deal with the COVID. And he was hitting off a, he was hitting off a tee in the middle of, I think it was like April or whatever, where we yeah. were leaning on our bullpen to overperform to keep us afloat until the boys came back. That's how long ago it was that he was struggling with this. Yeah. And he came back and he's been terrific. You know, two weeks after that, it was just same old Teoscar Hernandez from 2020 lighting it up. Well, he's cut down the strikeouts by over 5% this season too, which really, really out, when you cut out 5% of your strikeouts and he had a hundred uh, or he had 63 of them last year and, 5% of that doesn't seem like a lot, but over a full season, which it's we're in lot. now, it is quite a bit. He still struck at 130 times this year, but he would have 140 to 142 if he hadn't cut out that 5%. So, And the, the walks are there. The walks are His OBP, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> we talk about it all the time, Justin. Our yeah. favorite thing, can they get on base? Yep. His OBP is 353. That's, yep. We're talking about an elite hitter. There's no way in hell that Teoscar Hernandez does not win another Silver Slugger this year. Second in a row. Yeah, it's uh it's, he, it's dude gonna is happen. gonna get paid yeah. this summer by and it's it'll be by the Jays and he's gonna get locked up. And yeah. I'd even say like defensively, I'm quite pleased. I know right field is right field, whatever, but I feel confident 
with Teoscar and Endes in the outfield. Same with Gurriel, same with Springer. It's been a joy to watch this team take shape over the over the last 200-something games. Yeah. There have been a lot of downs that were really frustrating, uh, especially now that we're fighting for our playoff lives. A lot of games I wish we had won back in August. We can't go back in time, though. We can't undo the losses against the Mariners or the Nationals or the Tigers. It is what it is. Right now, we're in the wild card spot, and Teoscar Hernandez is one of the three, the big three, I think, that have really fueled this fire uh, mm-hmm. the last two weeks. I'd say the other two being Vladdy and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who is maybe comeback player of the year for us. He was struggling I still think that it's much. Tim Meza. I yeah, you're probably right. It is Tim Meza. But Guriel was struggling so much going into May. And since May, he's hitting very close to three hundred. Yeah. It's no, just insane. It's worth noting that um say <clears throat> Oscar still has this winter and next winter is arbitration. He's not a free agent until after the twenty twenty three season. So even if the Blue Jays don't extend him this winter, which they should try to, of course, they still do have another. They have him for next season and the season after. So they might take their time with it. Although I, they might also not. If yeah. it were me, I would lock him up now. Yeah, there's kind of two schools of thought. You lock him up now and bet that the production is going to stay where it is, or you wait to see one more year and and see if he can can do it for two full seasons in a row and then lock him up. But either way, I don't think there's a bad approach. So I, I do believe that he will continue to do it. If they had tried to lock him up before the start of this season, they would have saved themselves a lot of money. Yeah. But I don't think that saving money is going to be a concern for management at this point. No. They've already demonstrated. We got the we spent the most amount of money on a free agent on a single free agent last season and then yep. this season with George Springer spent the most amount of money. They're not afraid to spend the money. You know, the long-term deals for Vladdy and Bo are still probably a year or two away. Oh, God, I hope they're this winter, too. I mean, it, it would be nice to lock them up to big, massive contracts, but I think they'll probably wait another year, maybe two, for that. And then to save themselves some money, because they got to invest that money in Robert Ray and Teoscar Hernandez. They, right. they have to spend it. So though I don't they're not going to be conservative. This team, their payroll is going to be up there with uh, with the Red Sox, you know, and others, mm-hmm. other teams. It won't be Yankees level, but you can just kind of see there has been a pretty significant culture shift in how this team spends its money. And now that they're con- contending, this team could end up sinking a lot of money into individual players to the point where, you know, our window could last, you know, seven, eight years based on just an infinite loop of signing big names and holding down our young guys. Like we, we could win multiple wins world series with this team. I believe that would be the goal of uh, most major league franchises. <laughs> yeah, I would think all of them are, but I mean, look at Baltimore. Except maybe Baltimore. Tanking for, um, let's for let's just let's quickly give uh, some appreciation to the Blue Jays organization and the front office for not having to tank for multiple years like the Orioles are doing while rebuilding. 
Um, the Blue Jays were never bad for like really more than really more than two seasons in a row. They were bad in 2018 and 2019 or 2017 and 2018, really, really, really bad. And then they started to improve in 2019 when the kids showed up. And then obviously a playoff appearance last year and competing again this year. So the the downturn was not as deep as the Orioles, who are going to maybe lose 110 games this year. Um, brutal. Brutal. Absolutely. It's worth saying, though, <laughs> Justin, it's worth saying, though, 2017, the team was absolutely ravaged by injuries yeah that's very true you're right and that's and they were still only 10 games below that's a good excuse yeah um 2018 was miserable uh they the team and but the team was making the necessary trades to reload at that moment that was the point where the team was truly falling apart that was the really the the true end uh and it was the end of gibby's contract and a bunch of other guys got shipped out and then 2019 was the tank year where we had yeah. tank master general Edwin Jackson out there and, you know, bless his heart, tremendous struggles <laughs> uh, on the bump. But really, we made the playoffs uh, in 2020 and we're probably going to make them again. Yeah, there are two things. Quick turnaround. That I, there's, well, there's one big thing that I want to say before we get to the looking ahead segment. Uh, Max Scherzer has recorded his 3,000th strikeout in the game today Yeehaw. which is pretty cool um there aren't many pitchers in baseball who are going to ever do that again just because of the fact that guys don't pitch nine innings every fifth day anymore <laughs> or every fourth day in some cases as they used to but uh credit to max he's he's uh, he's looking pretty good out there today i'm not gonna say what else he's doing because i don't i'm a superstitious person but uh if you're able to get to that game patrick after this you should check it out but uh looking ahead tampa bay rays they're coming to the rogers center patrick marsh we've got a homestand against the uh, rays and the minnesota twins we'll talk about the first three games because there's going to be a uh, off day on on uh, on thursday that we'll record on again but looking at monday's game the rays haven't yet announced the starting pitcher and could be a bullpen day in classic ray fashion mm-hmm. But Alec Manoa is going to counter for the Blue Jays. He's been a little bit rocky lately. And I don't know about you, Patrick, but he, he almost looks like he's starting to potentially fatigue a little bit. Um, honestly, the kid's a rookie. He hasn't pitched this many innings ever in a single year before. And these are not easy high school or college innings for a, for a star pitcher. These are grueling major league innings. Do you think Manoa is going to be able to rebound against the Rays? It'll be I think it's the first time he's seen them. Well, the Rays aren't really a great hitting team, so yes. Uh, what the, the Rays excel at is small ball, and their pitching staff is maybe second only to the Dodgers. I mean, they you know they made the World Series last year. They retooled on the fly, and now here they are. That's still, you know, the toast of the AL East, which is kind of a, a significant benchmark. I've, I very much disagree with you and you say they're not a good hitting team. They've actually scored more runs than the Blue Jays this season, Patrick. That's true, but they're not doing it with power. They're doing it with with, with a lot of contact, a yeah. lot of speed. They're not a power hitting team. And, and by the way, I, don't, uh, I don't wonder if Wander Franco is on the, on the IL now too, which is unfortunate because he's a that good player. That sucks because but... he's, he's definitely one of the best young players in baseball. 
Yeah. Maybe not quite as good as Vladdy, but still, uh, you know, he's been clutch for them since uh, coming up. What it's really impresses me yeah. about Alec Manoa is the fact that he has had some tough outings and he still has persevered. Mm-hmm. He's right where he needs to be, right in the middle of that rotation. It's going to be a tough series, and we're going to need guys like Manoa and Barrios to bounce back. Robbie Ray's going to have to bounce back from a tough start. Um, I like her chances. It's yeah. in the Rogers Center. Manoa versus a bullpen day. The bullpen day could be disastrous for Tampa, especially with the Jays having hit as hard as they had the last couple of you know, last couple of weeks, this Tampa team hasn't played this iteration of the Blue Jays. Uh, we haven't played Tampa in quite a while. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It's been a while. I think I haven't seen them since July, maybe June. Yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's do, been a hot minute. It's since the. I'm going to do a quick number Tampa. crunch for you. Uh, just give me a sec here. For sure. And yeah, you mentioned Barrios. I'll talk about him while you're looking up whatever you're looking up. Uh, he's been great. Like his last three starts, seven innings of shutout ball against Detroit, six and two thirds of three run ball against Oakland, and then six and two thirds of two run ball against the Yankees. Um, the Jays are winners in all three of those games, by the way. And last for- time we played the Rays, Justin yep. Anderson, we were three games above 500. And we took the third of a three-game set against them. And what after was the Ryan Yarborough kicked our ass, that was July the 11th. Okay. We haven't seen them then in two calendar months. Mm-hmm. And it's a long they, time. We, yeah, we certainly haven't played them in September. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, this is a different. The momentum is very much on our side, and not to say that the Rays don't have momentum of their own. They they're having a tremendous season, but they're five and six in September. Yeah. That's not great. No. I like our chances, especially Manoa's, you know, he throws hard. He throws these fucking bowling ball fastballs. <laughs> uh, he, you know, he's a, he's an imposing figure on the mound. I like our sh- our shot in yeah. game one with the TBD. Yeah. Uh, Drew Rasmussen's going to go against Burrios in game number two on Tuesday. That uh, one is concerning. Yeah, Rasmussen's been great. He usually goes like four to five innings in his starts. He only has a two and one record in the season, but he's got a three two five ERA. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but he induces a lot of very, 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 very soft contact. Uh, I can't add enough varies to that because he's just a very deceptive pitcher. He's uh, been but, great for them his last yeah. seven games. Two and zero oh with a two point oh eight ERA. Yep. Doesn't give up a lot of hits. Uh, doesn't give up a lot of walks. Doesn't really strike out a lot of guys either. He just yeah, like you said, inducing soft contact. He is. And he's only 26, so it's kind of cool how Tampa's been able to do this kind of retooling on the fly. Uh, I, really impressive stuff from him. Barrios, I don't know. I'm very mixed on Jose Barrios because I was kind of disappointed uh, in his performance since acquisition. But when you really dig into the numbers, uh, it's way better than you think especially in his last, uh, we'll say, three starts, I think yeah. it is. his last three have been great. Ever Tigers. since he got shellacked by the White Sox, yeah. um, he's been absolutely terrific. He's been giving us seven, or close to it, 6.2. He was pissed when he got the Yank uh, against the yeah, Yankees. He made that he tweak to, to his uh, windup, 
remember yeah. the, Pete, the old Pete Walker special as we're so familiar with. And ever since then, of course, it's been roses. But uh, yeah, seven <laughs> innings, six point two innings, three earned runs, six point two innings, two runs. You're gonna, you know, you're giving your team a chance to win those games. They've won all four three and two them. since yeah. coming to Toronto. Three point six three ERA. Yep. So like, it's actually better than you think, but still, it's frustrating because he's so much better than that. Even that. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting matchup. Just because Barrios, I think it has better stuff, but Rasmussen, like you yeah. said, with soft contact, very tricksy. Uh, Wednesday's a getaway game, three oh seven Eastern, first pitch. Yes. Thank God. Uh, for Tampa Bay, the Blue Jays aren't going to go anywhere. They're staying at home. They'll have a nice off day on Thursday, which will be great to get everybody rested up for a weekend with series with Minnesota. We'll preview that one on, on Thursday. But uh, Wednesday is Robert Ray's return to the mound at Rogers Center again. It's also Roberto Clemente Day, Patrick Marsh. Uh, yes. Michael Waka is going to go for the Tampa Bay Rays. He is 3-4 and four with a 537 ERA this season. Been really up and down. He's had some really good starts, some not-so-good starts, whereas, of course, Robbie Ray is dueling with Garrett Cole for the American League Cy Young. Lance Lynn, of course, is on the IL for the White Sox. So he might be out of that race. Uh, we're not sure how serious Cole's hamstring injury is. I don't think it was that serious, but he had to leave that game against the Jays last week, of course. Yeah. But uh, Robbie Ray's going to look to rebound. We, we mentioned, we, we talked about his kind of shaky start against Baltimore here. There was some funny business with Brandon Hyde, of course, some on delays being yelled from the oil dugout, but who knows what was going on there, but we'll see how he rebounds. He hasn't had too many of those starts this year, and he's been absolute money every other time out. Um. And it'll be an interesting uh, combination of pitchers. We've got two big right-handers in Manoa and Barrios, and then uh, a big lefty in Ray against the Rays. So it'll be interesting to see how how the the team fares. But it's it should be a fun series. It's going to be important. This is a this is kind of like a, a measuring stick series in a sense. Like you said, it's been over two calendar months since the last series against Tampa Bay. The Blue Jays are a very different team. Obviously, Barrios is an acquisition. The Rays also have Nelson Cruz. Uh, at DH, and he's that's right, a, a massive player. He's a teammate, a former teammate of Barrios in Minnesota, so he'll have the book on him. So I'm sure he'll be giving it lots of details on that start. But it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, you, you always want to see how you fare against a first place team. I am not at all nervous about the pitching matchups. No, uh, I, I think I wouldn't say that we're favored in all of them. I think, yeah, I think we're favored in at least well one for sure. The 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 Ray start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I would say like even like Manoa versus TBD is not, you know. It's gonna be interesting to see how it turn how it shakes out. Um, but yeah, it's it's a an important benchmark series as I said because the Rays are in first place. It's September baseball. This could be a team that if you get through the wild card game, you likely have to face in the best of five DS series. So these next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is this weekend, next week against the Rays uh, in Rogers Center and at the Trop are going to be very important to measure up and also get a bit of a scouting report on each other for a potential playoff matchup. So what's uh, your minimum? What what do the Jays have to do minimum here? In they got to win a game, right? You got to win one game at least yeah. two would be obviously ideal. Uh, you, tell you can take two or three against a first-place team. Obviously, you don't want to lose any ground that you've just 
gained and the Jays haven't lost a series in the last few weeks. So yep, they've won five consecutive series. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's great. You got to keep that momentum. The bats are obviously rolling. They scored 44 runs this weekend. So there's no shortage of offense uh, right now, but you've got to go up against Tampa Bay who has a very tricky pitching staff and uh, they could throw kind of the kitchen sink at the Jays in this series. If they do choose to go with the bullpen day tomorrow, but any any final thoughts before you wrap up, Patrick? I think we should. I mean, I don't like giving the Yankees a lot of airtime at all, anyway. But we kind of have to because they're our opposition, and they're the team we have to mercilessly uh, criticize and beat up on in whatever remaining time we have. So they've got one more game against the Mets tonight, and then mm-hmm. they've got a makeup game against the Twins. Uh, so that was supposed to be a day off for them, but they're not going to get it, and they're not going to get another day off until the 23rd. So kind of interesting to see them, you know, get pushed into uh, being on the road against the Mets, and then they get one game at home, and then they immediately hit the road to Baltimore. So that's kind of a favorable game against the Twins, and then three favorable games against the Orioles for them. And then they play Cleveland at home, in Yankee Stadium, and then the Rangers at home at Yankee Stadium. So the next two weeks have a lot of very generous matchups for the Yankees. So don't pour dirt on them just yet. I know we're not doing it, but if you're out there thinking the Yankees are toast, the way the schedule is set up, they've got 10 games in a row that they could easily rattle off and win every single one of them. Yep. Every team in in these uh, in this close race controls their own destiny because they could just win, right? <laughs> so that being said, we should also discuss uh, perhaps uh, Boston as well. Uh, they have uh, three games against the Mariners, who will be fighting for their lives. Yep. So thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, fighting for their absolute lives. So that's going to be some desperation baseball. And that's in Seattle. Not very favorable uh, for the Red Sox, who are 6-5 and five so far in September. Not great. And they were 4-12 and 12 away uh, from home in the month of August. Yep. So they're not exactly flying high on road games. And then they've got the Orioles for three, the Mets for two, and the Yankees for three. So, again, the Orioles being the absolute dumpster fire that they are is not going to make this easy for the chase because they're going to lose the same way uh, they lost to us. And then their final three game set is against the Washington nationals. Uh, the Yankees, meanwhile, for their final set have a raise. So it might come down to that last weekend. It might. It very well could. It always, it always could. And as a baseball fan, I kind of hope it does. As a Blue Jay fan, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, though. The Mariners, the fact that the Mariners have that very key series for them, it's probably circled on their calendar. Yeah. Uh, that is a big three-game set. If Boston does not win that series, uh, the momentum goes to Seattle, and you know the Jays might not necessarily have to win every single game against the Rays just to stay afloat we'll see yeah but with that being said uh that'll do it for us today patrick uh at bfmd podcast on twitter that's where you can find all the retweets of the uh 
very great tweets that have come out this weekend, as well as all of our episodes. You can listen to us. Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google are the big ones. You can find the episodes at bfmdpodcast.com. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. We do this as a hobby to talk about baseball for an hour every every few days, but it's also nice to know people are listening out there. Send us in your feedback. Send us some questions. If you have opinions on what you think is going to happen the rest of the way, send them to us. If they're not absolute dog shit, we'll talk about them. Uh, we might talk about them anyway. But <laughs> for, for Patrick out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We will talk to you all Thursday. <laughs>